You're listening to the GKM Church Sermon Podcast. So this is week five of Awestruck. Okay, those of you who are here for the first time, we want to say welcome, welcome to Global Kingdom. So happy to have you with us. There is a yellow tent in the atrium. You can visit that tent and they'll give you some more information. But um, we've been doing a series in the book of John and I'm talking about the signs of Jesus, some signs that he performed. And so today we are going to be reading in John chapter six. I'm going to invite you to stand. You're going to be sitting for a while. You're going to be sitting for at least three hours with me today. So why don't you just stand and we're going to read John 6, 14 to 21. I'm just kidding. Okay. Not four hours. Actually, it's five hours. But. John 6, 14. After the people saw the miraculous sign that Jesus did. So now the miraculous sign, Pastor Andrew spoke a couple of weeks ago, and that sign was multiplying the loaves and the bread. So they saw this sign and they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. He did that a lot. Withdrew him by himself to pray, gave out so much, and now he's communing with the Father. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake, where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark, and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing, and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed three or three and a half miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat. Walking on the water, they were terrified. But he said to them, it is I. Don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were headed. So my topic today is, and I want, you, I want to tell you that <clears throat> I didn't choose this topic because I had a different topic, but Holy Spirit dropped it in my heart, and my topic today is don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. Now I want you to turn to someone, and this is what I want you to say. This message is not for me, it's for you. Come on, go ahead. This message is not for me, it's for you. All right? If there's no one close by, say it to yourself. This message is not for me, it's for you. All right, you may be seated. I know that some of you, you come here and you're thinking, oh, here we go again. So you're thinking it. So why not say it if you're thinking it? right? Just say it, get it off your chest, it's out in the open. Now you can listen. All right. Some of you are going to hear the message today, and I guarantee you that it will not take root. You know why? Because other things will take your attention and eat the word spoken. You're, going, you're thinking about your roast in the oven. You're thinking of the, your birthday. You have a birthday. You're thinking of your party you're having later. You're, you're grocery shopping. You're, you're cleaning which has it, you probably haven't cleaned for like weeks. And so you're like, man, I need to clean. So you're going to hear this word and you're not thinking, so there's not going to be any change. Others of you will hear this message and it will not take root in your heart because your mind is going to be all over the place. You're looking around at people's, you know, different people's outfit, their hair, their hairstyles, their shoes, whatever. And, and it's not going to take root in your heart because the shallowness in your heart and the issues of life will barge in. It's like there's no space for it. And the word is going to get lost and is going to get choked. And then, yeah, a little bit of change is going to happen, but it's not going to last. You will hear the message today, and it will not take root because you'll be distracted and other things will take your attention and prevent you from really paying attention. Minimal change will happen because... Yeah, you're going to hear the word because you come on Sundays as part of your routine because it's just a routine. And you're going you're gonna to start implementing some of the things that you heard, but because there's no accountability, there's no weekly feeding, you only read the word when you're here on a Sunday and the word is going to get lost. Minimal change. Minimal change. 
Lastly, many of you will hear this message today, and you know what? You want to be here. You're online, you've set aside this time, you have your coffee, your tea, and you're ready, you're listening to the word. And your heart has been prepared. You've been singing, you've been worshiping, you've been celebrating, you've been giving. You're ready to listen. And you're going to respond today to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And when you respond, transformation takes place. And the word is going to take root in your heart. It's going to last you're going to connect with others in a small group or an accountability person or partner, and you're going to start to grow. You're going to see maturity. Things are going to change. You're going to start, you know, doing things a little bit different, and that transformation will last, and it's going to produce fruit that will last 160, 30 times what was sown. I don't know where you're at today, but... I pray that your heart would be the last one where you hear the word and you're going to do what the word says. Do not be anxious. Now, the miracle of Jesus walking on the water is found in three gospels. It's found in Matthew 14, it's found in Mark 6, and then lastly in John. Now, you know that the, the gospels are written by disciples and or they... they they um, narrated the, their, the, the story of Jesus and their, and their journeys to those who were going to be writing. And so when you look and you read the Gospels, you have to realize it's written through different lens. It's like when you see a story, when you see something happening, you have four people that see the same thing, but they're going to write it differently. And some of them are going to focus on some things that are important. Some of them will leave out some things. So you, when you read John, John is going to focus on some things, Mark and, and Matthew. So I'm going to be kind of pulling a, a few things from the other two Gospels. But I want you to consider the disciples. They're heading across the lake. And Matthew, it said that Jesus sent them away. After he fed the thousand, he told them, get into the boat. And he was going to send the people away. So they did that. And then he went into the mountain. And he started to pray. He was meeting with the Father. So he's there. And they're on the lake. They have just witnessed a miracle of multiplication. And they were probably so tired. But they were, they were fishermen. So they should be used to, you know, the different elements that happen on a given day. So here they are on the, on, the, on the lake, and the wind is blowing. It says that the waters were rough, and they were trying to row. How would you describe their emotions? What do you think they were feeling? Maybe terrified, maybe anxious, a little bit uneasy. Well, that word anxious, it means experiencing worry, unease, nervousness, typically about any imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome characterized by extreme uneasiness of mind or brooding fear about future event or circumstance, which is possible, but it cannot be predicted with certainty. It means that you're anxious about something. And I'm not diminishing the, you know, the fact that there are many people who are anxious today, but sometimes the things that we're anxious about, it never really happens because it's the way that our mind works. We, we want to figure out what's going to happen or we want to take control we want to man man manipulate the situation, but because we can't, we worry. and we, we, we try to figure out what we're going to do in case this happens. But most of the times, it doesn't really happen. So the synonym for anxious, a synonym is a word that's similar in, similar in meaning. So it could be edgy, ill at ease, insecure, jittery, jumpy, nervous, troubled, uneasy, unquiet, upset, uptight, worry. Now, all those seem to be kind of negative words. But the opposite, which is an antonym, is calm, collected, cool, easy, happy-go-lucky, nervousness, relaxed. You think the disciples were feeling like that? Probably not. Do you know why we shouldn't be anxious? Point number one is even though we may not see him, he sees us. You may be in the middle of a turbulent situation right now. Do you know the kind of turbulence when you're on a plane and I've experienced it? How many of you have experienced it? 
and it feels like the plane is going to go down. And you're praying so hard. Oh, God, take me, take me. Jesus, I'm ready. I'm ready. It's that kind of turbulence. And you have no control over the turbulence. Neither, neither do the pilots. They have no control because it's part of the weather patterns when you're up so high. And so turbulence happens in our lives and we are wondering, God, do you actually see what I'm going through? Even though we may not see him, I need you to know and believe today that he sees you. He sees everything. Even though we may doubt where he is, he knows where we are. The disciples were struggling to roar in the midst of the storm, but it was not working. They were rowing so hard. And sometimes we need to take our hands off the paddles, off the oars. We need to take our hands off the situation. Let it go. And allow God to take us through that process. Because there's nothing we can do that can change it anyway. Because when we get it, when we try to go ahead of God and try to fix it ourselves, the worst things can happen. But just leave it to him. Relax. He sees you. Sometimes we say, God, I'm so weak. Where are you? Don't you even care? And I know that some of you have said those words over your life or over a situation that you're going through. But this is what Psalms, the psalmist says in Psalms 139. And you know this, you're familiar with this. But listen to it again. And I'm reading it from the New Living Translation. I can, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to the heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you're there. If I ride the winds of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. If I could, if I could, I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, even in the darkness and even in the night, it can't hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. There's no place we can go where he doesn't see us, amen? We are never alone. We may try to hide in the darkness. We may try to hide thinking, oh, he can't see me now. But God sees where we are. He knows what we're going through. You are never alone. A man named Jack was walking along a steep cliff one day when he accidentally stepped too close to the edge of the cliff and he fell, almost fell. But on the way down, he grabbed a branch. So he's holding on to this branch for dear life. He looked down and to his horror, he saw that a canyon fell straight down from more than a thousand feet. He couldn't hang on to the branch forever, right? So he's holding on, and there was no way for him to climb up, and there was no way for him to go down, so he kept holding on. So Jack began yelling for help, hoping that someone passing by would hear his voice and would throw him a rope or something to save him. Help! Help! Is anyone up there? Help me! He yelled for hours, but no one heard him. He was about to give up when he heard a voice. Jack, Jack, can you hear me? Yes, yes, I can hear you. I'm down here. I can see you, Jack. Are you all right? Yes, but who are you and where are you? The Lord. You mean God? Yep, that's me. God, please help me, I promise. If you'll get me down from here, I'll stop sinning. I'll be a really good person. I'll serve you for the rest of my life. Easy on the promises, Jack. Let's just get you down from there. Then we can talk. Now, here's what I want you to do. Listen carefully. I'll do anything. Just tell me what to do. Okay. Let go of the branch. What? You've got to be kidding I said, let go of the branch. Just trust me. Let go. I am the Lord, Jack. I'm everywhere. 
There was a long silence. Longer than that. Finally, Jack yelled, Help! Help! Is anyone else up there? How many times have God asked us to release things that we're troubled about, that's burdening us? We, lead, we, we are afraid to let it go because we don't know how it's going to work out. And that's exactly the point. <laughs> because he knows how it's going to work out. He knows the beginning to the end. It's in the middle. You know, sometimes that we can't see and I know that life happens, situations happen, and we feel as if we're going to go under. But you need to know that God sees you. He sees me. And he knows exactly what you need. But we've got to let go. Therefore, I tell you, Matthew 6, 25. There are a few verses I'm going to highlight there. Do not worry about your life. Verse 27, can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes? Verse 31, why do you worry what, saying what we shall eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? Verse 34, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That is for someone. You're worrying about tomorrow, what you're going to do. Maybe you don't have enough money to pay the rent or to pay your mortgage. Maybe your job, you just lost your job. But I'm here to tell you that God sees and he knows what you need. And he may not answer you immediately, but you still got to trust him. James Dobson wrote a book many years ago. I read this book. It's called When God Doesn't Make Sense. And basically what he was saying, all the different things that happen in our life, when God doesn't make sense, we just need to trust him. Because there's some things that we just will not understand. We don't understand why things happen or how it happens, but we got to trust. Amen? Do you remember Hagar in Genesis? Hagar was the handmaid of Sarah. And here's Abraham, very anxious. God promised him a son. So he thinks that God is taking too long. And so this is right. He's getting ahead of God. So he said, his wife said, you know what? Sleep with Hagar. Maybe we can have a son, the son that God promised. But it wasn't what God wanted. It really wasn't. And as a result, you know, we have all these issues today. But that's another sermon. But Hagar, she became pregnant. And so Sarah made fun of her, started making fun of her and treating her unkindly. So she ran away. She left. But while she was in the wilderness, do you know that God saw her? And this is where we see the name Jehovah Roy. It was Hagar that gave this name to Jehovah. She said, you are the God who sees me. For now I have seen the one who sees me. So when you feel that God has forgotten you or you feel alone, I want you to believe this truth that he's Jehovah Roy the God who sees me. Amen? Amen. Point number two. How are we doing so far? Still listening? Still awake? You're not thinking about the roast? You're not thinking about the roast, right? Or the chicken, right? We're good? All right. Don't be anxious. The chicken will be okay. Number two, don't be anxious. There will be suddenlies. Do you know sudden things happen in our lives? Like the disciples were on this lake and suddenly there was a wind that came. The waters were rough. Suddenly, immediately, it says in verse 21 that Jesus, that, that the boat reached the shore where they were heading. Like immediately. What does that word suddenly mean? Quickly, unexpectedly, with little or no warning, in a sudden manner. Has any suddenlies happened to you lately? Any suddenlies? Anything that out of the blue just happened? Like blindsided by something? You know what? Life happens. It does. And God knows that. Because we live in an imperfect world and in imperfect bodies. And of course, things will happen that will jolt 
our faith that will jolt us and make us question if God is there. Suddenly, Jesus appears walking on the water. Suddenly. He walked into the situation and everything changed and shifted. Now, sometimes when we see things happen around us, we see situations that are happening, we have no control over it. Sometimes these suddenlies are negative, and sometimes these suddenlies are positive. So sometimes the suddenlies come in the form of disappointments. Like we're disappointed that something didn't work out the way it's supposed to, this relationship didn't work out the way it was supposed to, suddenly it happened. Disappointment, discouragement. Sometimes we're discouraged. Elijah went through discouragement. There are a lot of people, if you read the scriptures, there's a lot of them who went through discouragement. So it's not David went through discouragement. And sometimes you want to hide, you want to run away. Like Elijah ran into the cave, running away from this woman that wanted to take his life. Discouraged. Discouragement, discouragement. And the enemy uses it to keep us from crying out to God. Because when you're discouraged, it means you've lost courage. And when you've lost courage, it means that fear steps in. And your heart, you lose heart. And your faith is, you question your faith and doubt steps in. Because you're wondering, why is all this happening to me? But I need to remind you today that when the storm comes, when these discouragement and these suddenlies come, that God is never far away. Jesus is never far away. He knows what we need when we need help. He sees all the storms. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. Everywhere. He sees everything. He's omniscient. He sees and he knows everything. He's a God that is not surprised by surprises. There's no surprises with God. We may be surprised, but there is no surprises. There are no surprises. You need to trust him. He has power over, the nat- over nature. He has power over elements. The sign is that if he has the power over all the nature, means he's God, right? Jesus is God. He's the son of God. And the disciples, when they saw him, they realized, you know what? This is the son of God. Truly, he's a son of God. And in Mark, it says that they worshiped him. They worshiped him when he came into the boat. And do you know what? Suddenly, suddenly, everything was still. He has the power. He demonstrates the power over nature. Have you ever seen anyone walk on water? And I don't mean frozen ice, okay? I don't mean, I don't mean like on the frozen lake. I don't mean that. I mean liquid, like water. Have you ever seen anyone walk on water? No. So suddenly Jesus appears and he's walking on water, just like I'm walking on, on the ground. Now that's impossible to do. But with God, all things are possible. Right? So how is he going to get to them? He, in his power, he walked on the water. Suddenly he appears. And that's what Jesus does. Suddenly he appears and he walks into our situation. And he carries us safely to where we're supposed to go. But we got to trust him. Even in the suddenlies, even when we're discouraged, even when we're disappointed. Psalm 145, 18 says this. The Lord is near to all who call on him. To all who call on him in truth. Got to call on him. A ship went down in a storm and only one man survived. He was fortunate enough to land on an inhabited island in the South Pacific. With just a few items in his pocket, he was able to build a small shelter to protect himself from the rough weather they were experiencing. Once the shelter was built, the man had one goal, to find a ship that could rescue him and take him home safely to his family. 
every morning, the same routine. He got up and he scanned the horizon looking to see if there was a ship coming. Every day he did that. And then he would go out looking for food. And he did this every day by, as a routine. Every afternoon, he said the same, did the same thing. And not wanting to miss any chance of being saved, he would get up early in the morning and he would look for food and he would come back quickly to see if there was any ships. One evening, as he was completing his, look, his search for food, he returned to see his shack in flames. Lightning had apparently struck while he was trying to find food. At this point, he realized that not only had his shelter been burned up, but all of his tools as well. Everything was lost. Sounds familiar? Sounds like a Job story there. Everything was lost. What was he going to do? In a state of deep discouragement, the man sat on the beach contemplating death, wondering whether there was any hope left for him having lost everything. Tears rolled down his cheeks as he contemplated a bleak future. Eventually, he got so exhausted that somehow he fell asleep. When he woke up, the strangest thing happened. He wondered if it was a mirage because about a few hundred yards away, there was a ship. There was a ship docked with sailors and they were moving back and forth. Eventually, the captain approached him and said the most miraculous thing. We saw your smoke signal and so we came. The man had to lose everything before he could be saved. You know what? I'm not saying that that should happen or we should lose everything. But what I'm saying, and hear me clearly, I believe that God can turn disappointments into his appointments for him to work on our behalf. Disappointments, discouragements will come. They come to everyone. But it's how we respond to them when they come. So don't be fearful. Don't be anxious when your suddenlies come. But let him be your Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. That's what Jehovah Shammah is. The Lord is there. Number three. Don't be anxious. Instead, do remember. When was the last time God answered your prayer? Remember who God is. He is the God who turns water into wine. He's a God who spoke the word and the official son was, was healed. He's a God who healed a man that was lame for 38 years at the pool. He's a God who healed a man who was born blind. He's a God who multiplied the fish and the loaves. He's a God who walks on water to us in our time of need. He is a God who did this. You fill in the blanks. He is a God who did this yesterday. He's a God who's going to do this today. He's a God who's going to do it tomorrow. He never changes. He is a God that steps into the future, your future, and he guides you to your future. All you need to do is remember. Remember what he has done. He hasn't changed. When anxiety comes, you stabilize yourself. You stable yourself and says, okay, 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 God. I know I'm feeling anxious right now, but I remember when you did this. I remember when you did that and you haven't changed. So you are going to see me through this. Psalm 77, 11 to 20 says this. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. Come on, remember his miracles. I will meditate on all your works and consider all your mighty deeds. Your ways, O oh God, are holy. What God is so great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. Anyone need a miracle today? I do. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeem your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. Selah. What does Selah mean? Just pause. Pause and think about it. Listen. Just pause. Many times we read the word and we just keep going. 
But there's sometimes you need to pause and you listen to what Holy Spirit is saying. Give him a chance to speak, okay? Verse 16. The water saw you, O God. The water saw you and writhed. The very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down rain. The heavens resounded with thunder. Your hours flashed back and forth. That's the lightning. <laughs> Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. Though the earth trembled and quaked, your path led through the sea. Can you imagine a path through the sea? Some of you need that today. Your way through the mighty waters, though your footprints were not seen, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. That is our God. You got to remember what God has done. Remember who God is. Remember what he's done in your life. Remember the prayers that he's answered. Remember where you were. And remember where you are now. Remember the sacrifice. Jesus gave his son. If you have your communion albums, I want you to take those out. If you, if you don't have it, you can go to the back or maybe one of the ushers will bring it for you. But we are going, as we sit around this table today, this is an open table. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, whether you're visiting or not, you can partake of this because you're, you're part of the family. If you're at home, we want you to get your bread, your juice, or your crackers, whatever. Get it ready. We are going to do this together. And you know what? We don't need to wait until the first Sunday of every month to do this. You can do this at home every day if you want to. You know, the disciples at the early church, whenever they met, they did this. And the important thing is not making a ritual. Because it can be, become such a ritual and a routine that we forget the significance and the sim symbolism of it. But he says, as often as we eat it, eat the bread or the, the bread and the biscuit, as often as we drink the juice, we remember. We got to remember. I don't ever want this to be something that we just quickly rush, rush through. But we got to remember. So I want you to take your, your elements. There's a little plastic piece at the top. Film, film, you just remove that. And I want you to hold this wafer, this cracker that represents, this represents the body of Christ. I want you to remember, you've read it in the scriptures, the only person that could come and bring salvation was Jesus Christ. He was the only one. He offered his body. You know what? He asked the Father, he says, if it's possible, let it pass. But it wasn't possible because he had to go through it. He had to go through this. You know why Jesus had to give his body up? It was for me. It was for you. Because the only way that we could be saved from our sins. It's through the body of Jesus Christ, and it was through his blood. That's the only way that we could be saved from our sins. If you do not know Jesus Christ today, why don't you ask him into your life? Stop doing life alone. Stop pretending that everything is okay when it is not okay. You need Jesus. You need a Savior. So I want you, thank Jesus for offering his body willingly on the cross. Just go ahead and do that. And then when you're ready, you can partake of this wafer representing the body of Christ. Lest we forget all that he's done. Don't ever forget that. It was his blood that was shed for us on the cross. He freely gave his life. He laid down his life for his friends, and we are his friends. 
he calls us friends. If he hadn't died, we wouldn't have a savior. We wouldn't have forgiveness of our sins. So as you lift this cup, I want you to remember the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from sin. So we don't need to continue in sin, but his blood cleanses us and washes us. His blood heals us. If you need healing today, it's in his blood that you can receive healing. If you need forgiveness today, it's in his blood that you can receive forgiveness. Don't ever forget what this represents. It's more than just drinking a little bit of juice, but it's the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. He gave his life that I could live. He took my place. He took your place. So as you drink this, remember what Jesus Christ has done. And whenever you're ready, you can go ahead and do that. We remember him as Adonai, the Lord. He is the Lord. He is the Lord that performs miracles. He is the Lord that will see us through every difficulty. Faith does not remove us from hardships. It covers us through them. Pastor Bob Johnston said that. It's funny, Pastor Marsha, that you referred to, um, to Horatio Spatford because I was going to say a little bit about him. After we sang the hymn this morning, I just felt in my heart that I needed to share the story and it was a confirmation you were just starting to share it. Maybe some of you know the story. I mean, you could, you could find it online. But what an amazing story. Amazing because what comes out of it. And sometimes through difficult things, there's a song that comes. Horatio Spratford knew something about life's unexpected challenges. He was a successful attorney and real estate investor, and he lost a fortune in the fire that happened in Chicago in 1871. Around the same time, he lost his four-year-old son who died of scarlet fever. So, thinking that a vacation would be really good for his family, he sent his wife and four daughters on a ship to England, planning to join them after he finished some pressing business at home. However, while crossing the Atlantic Ocean, the ship was involved in a terrible collision and sunk. More than 200 people lost their lives, including all four of Horatio's children. The only person that survived in his family was his wife, Anna. Upon arriving in England, she sent a telegram to her husband that began, saved alone, what shall I do? Horatio immediately set sail for England. At one point during his voyage, the captain of the ship, aware of the tragedy that had stuck, struck the Spatford Spafford family summoned Horatio to tell him that they were now passing over the spot where the shipwreck had occurred. Can you imagine what was going through his mind? Horatio thought about his daughters, words of comfort, and hope filled his heart and mind. He wrote them down, and they have become a well-loved hymn. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, Whatever my lot that was taught me to say, it is well. It is well. How many of you can say it is well? Even though you're going through a difficult time right now, you may have lost the lot. It is well. You could say that. It is well. Finally, don't be anxious, but be at peace. He's got this. <laughs> He's got you. Be at peace. Verse 19, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on water, and they were terrified. 
But he said to them, it is I. Don't be afraid. Now, I want you to notice something. In some of the Gospels, there's, there are other occasions where there was a storm, and Jesus would speak to the storm, and he would say, peace be still. Right? He would, speak, he would speak to the storm, and he would say, peace be still, and everything would be still. But in this situation, he didn't even address the storm. Do you know who he spoke to? He spoke to the disciples. And he says, don't be afraid. Of course they were fearful. They saw this person walking in the water. They don't know who it is. And the waters were rough. They thought they were going to drown. But he says, don't be afraid. That's what Jesus is speaking to us today. Many times we are in a storm, a terrible storm. And it feels as if we are going to go under. And this is, this is for someone today. It feels that you're going to go under. You have no breath left. You have no strength left. It feels like you're choking because that's what anxiety does. It's like it chokes us. Worry is like a noose around our necks and it squeezes us so tight till we have no breath left. That's what it means. And we pray, God, take me out of this storm. I can't handle this anymore. But he doesn't. You know what he does instead? He comes next to us and he holds our hand and he walks us through the storm. He walks us. He says, you can do this. I've got you. I've got this. I've got this. You're not going to go under. And if you, if you do, I'm going to pull you up. Because that's what he does. In Matthew, it says that Peter asked him to said, if it's you, let me come on the water. And he says, come. And he did. He started walking. Come on. Give Peter some credit. He started to walk in the water. Like, who's ever done that? Jesus and Peter. And you know why Peter did it? Because his eyes were on Jesus. And you know what? There are some situations that you are going to be able to walk through because if your eyes are on him, you are not going to fall. You are not going to drown like Peter. Peter, look down. Don't look down, but look up. He had his eyes on Jesus. You need to hear this. He had his eyes on Jesus, and when he was doing it, he was walking, no problem. When he took his eyes off of, off of Jesus, he started to sink, and then Jesus pulled him up. So if your faith is so little, and you know what, you fail, you know what, I messed up, you know what, it's okay, as long as you don't stay down, get up, come on, get up, get up. He's got this, he's got you. Jesus reassured them of his presence with them. Basically, he was saying, I got you. I got this. It's okay. Psalms 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. His presence brings comfort in our situation. Reassurance, rest, and peace. That is the opposite of being anxious. Proverbs 12.25 says this, anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers us up. Some of you need to hear a kind word today. God loves you. He's going to take care of you. Kind words, not like, you know what? You're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to get through this. You are not going to get through this. You say that you serve God. Is he really taking care of you? You've heard those voices. Those voices are not God. That's not God's voice speaking. So shut up. Tell those voices to shut up. It could be coming from someone in your family. Tell those voices to shut up. Okay, be nice about it. But say shut up. Okay? You listen to the voice of the Lord. Do not be afraid. He says that to his disciples and to us because he knows that we will be afraid. He says that to the disciples and he knows they were afraid. He knows they were struggling because he could see them. In Matthew it says that he saw them struggling to, 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 to um, row. He saw them struggling. And he came down. Peace. Do not be afraid. Psalms 56.3 says, Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. Whenever I'm tempted to worry and be anxious, I will trust in you. Jesus stepped in to the boat. They were willing to let him in because <laughs> now they know it was Jesus. And he came in and things started to shift. Do you know when Jesus got into the boat that immediately they got to their destination? Isn't that incredible? That's a miracle. Like they were struggling to get to the other side. 
And the wind was, was preventing them from getting there. But I'm telling you, Jesus in your boat, hey, before you know it, you're going to be where you're supposed to be. Come on, let him in. Let him in. Let him into your boat. Let him into your life. I don't know what your boat is or where your boat is or what your situation is, but you just got to let him in. And you know when you don't let him in, what happens? You face situations alone. You try to handle things in your own strength and you make a mess of it. Or you reach out to people or to, situa- or to things to try to help you, and it doesn't help. It just makes it worse. We try to fix things ourselves, and the result is disaster. Kyle Eidelman said this, invite Jesus into the weather conditions of your soul. That's what we need to do. We are always going to have some weather conditions happening, sometimes every day. I told someone every single day, I said, Lord, I'm giving this to you every single day. I'm giving my life to you. I'm going to walk with you, order and direct my steps. So do not fear for I am with you, Isaiah 41.10. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Joshua 1.5. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Verse 7. Be strong and very courageous. Verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. If that work for Joshua is going to work for me too because this is the word of God and I believe his word verse 18 only be strong and courageous be strong Philippians 4 6 says this don't worry about anything okay I know it's easy to say that don't worry Ellie I know you're saying Ellie yeah really don't worry you have no idea what's going on that's why I'm telling you don't worry because it's not your worrying will not change the situation Instead, this is what you should do instead. And I'm not, this is not my words. Paul is writing on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says, pray about everything. Tell God your needs. And don't forget to thank him for the answers. When you're anxious, you pray. I like how the message puts it. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. (laughs) It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. If Christ, if we include him into our situations, our daily situations, not only when things are going going, um, bad or wrong, but even when things are doing good, invite him in, right? Invite him in. Live your life daily with him. When there is unrest in your heart, see him as Jehovah Shalom. And you know, shalom is not just peace. It's complete peace. It's a feeling of contentment, completeness, wholeness, well-being, harmony. This beautiful word shalom is a mighty blessing on several levels. Though the wind blows, you are at peace. Though the waves are rough, you can be at peace. There's someone in our small group, one of our small groups. I'm telling you, if there's been, she's been through rough waters. She has been. Health issues, financial issues, marital issues. And yet, in the midst of it, she writes encouraging emails to different people. She writes in her journal about all that God is doing. This is someone who has experienced peace. Are you experiencing that type of peace? Even though you're going through all these issues of life and different things that are happening, are you experiencing this type of peace? We can experience that type of peace. I've asked the worship team to lead this song, and I want them to sing this song over you. And this is how we're closing. This is a song, I believe, words that will encourage you. 
I don't want to be afraid every time I face the waves. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to fear the storm just because I hear it roar. I don't want to fear the storm. Peace, be still. I believe that's what God is speaking to your heart today. Peace, be still. Don't be anxious because you know what? When peace is in your heart, the anxiety has to go to the side. There's no room for anxiety and peace in your heart at the same time. Peace, be still. Say the word. And I will set my feet upon the sea till I'm dancing in the deep. Peace be still. You are here, so it is well. Even when my eyes can't see, I will trust the voice that speaks. In this moment, Lord, Adonai, Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah Roy, Jehovah Shalom. In this moment, we invite you. We invite you into our boat. We invite you into our situation. We invite you into our lives. We lay down the paddles. And we thank you for speaking peace over us today. We may not see the end, but you do. And we need to trust you in the process. Because suddenly, suddenly, things will happen. Suddenly, I pray for suddenlies to happen today. Sudden answers to prayer. Sudden provisions. Sudden prodigals coming home. Sudden relationships being restored. I speak life. Oh, let your will be done, oh Lord. Let faith rise up. Oh, heart believe. Let faith rise up in you and me. Thank you, God, that you've got us. Thank you, God, that you've got this. Thank you that you display your power to control the elements around us. And thank you for walking into our situation and bringing change, shifting our situation. And we fix our eyes on you. We fix our eyes on you. Thanks for listening to the GKM Church Sermon Podcast. For more sermons and resources to help you grow in your faith, head to gkm.church/grow.